Episode of Alika Hope and Change. I am your optimistic host, Alika Hope. And I, although as equally optimistic, <laughs> I'm still handsome. I'm still brilliant and I'm still sunny. Her brother, Change. Also, Emil. So you're sunny, huh? Today, uh, like the weather, I'm mm-hmm. sunny. And you know, as an Oregonian, we both know that the sun always shines. It's just a matter of whether or not you can see it. Ooh, that's good. So maybe, you know, growing up in Portland, the sun may not be shining outside, but boy, is it shining in our hearts. Okay, that was really tacky. <laughs> it was incredibly tacky. It's always shining in our hearts. You could have written that and on wood and it would be less wooden than what you just did. But I'm here to tell you, sis. If we do not have, if we do not have the belief that the sun mm-hmm. still shines, what reason do we have to wake up in the morning? That's a good point. And the sun is always shining. Um, summertime Ooh. and the living is easy. That just brought that song to mind. For My me. sister can go from operatic to sultry in literally one R. One R. Let's try that. Let's see. Uh, oh, I guess you're right. Wow, never done that before. So, look, that was look, fun. I know my sister. Like, <laughs> like for y'all who don't recognize, let me tell you about the talented, skilled oh, individual no. that's no. known as Alika Hope. O M G. No, for real. She, we were talking before the show started, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this play, and then I'm gonna do this play," and I'm like, "Yeah." And she's got award-winning albums, and she's man. Okay. I'm like, yo, for real. My sister is the biggity, but she invited her brother, who is, although not on paper, her better, clearly her equal, at least in terms of my ability to clown my sister. You are definitely my equal. And I would actually say you are my biggie. I mean, being 6'4", but also my biggie in terms of my big brother. And my biggie in terms of... I don't know. You're just big and people need to know. And that's one reason we have fun. We've gotten some new listeners and I've gotten some fan mail recently and I really love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love hearing from people. AlikaHope at gmail.com. You know, that's funny because I was we have a website, you know, AlikaHopeAndChange.com. And I was going to do a new email that was like Alika at AlikaHopeAndChange.com. And I was like, you know what? There's just too many email addresses and too many forwarding and too many stuff. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to share the world. My email address, alikahope at gmail.com. You just remember that and you send us emails, thoughts, reflections. We love it all. See, one of the things that you guys don't realize about my sister is she's a she's a people person. She she truly enjoys interacting with people. And during this time when things are not so easy to connect, it's just not easy for people to see each other face to face. We looks like, you know, when we see each other six feet away, mask to mask. But one of the things that you can do is you can reach out and alikahope at gmail.com is her. It's the email I use. So when she (laughs) says she's receiving mail from the people 
in her own email box. This is not, you know, a corporate box or a separate box. It's just, Mm-mm. it's just who we are. It's we just we are. hang out and have good time, and we're real people with each other, and we're real people with y'all. On, and we appreciate all of our new listeners who are getting a dose of our insanity, our joy, our sunshine when you mm. join us for a few minutes every week. Joy and pain, sunshine and rain. Now, you know, you made me think of something with the social distancing, though. Today's topic is change your life with a pet. And I actually thought about that topic. It came to me, I don't know, probably 4 a.m. this morning. I'm not going to lie. One of the Alika's weaknesses is I've never been the best sleeper. But I woke up and I was like, we need to talk about pets. And that's because in all the midst of social distancing and people really suffering from the lack of touch with humans, pets are such a good option. And when people think of pets, they always think of just cats and dogs, but there's a lot of different pets out there. So Emil, are you ready to talk about pets today? You know, I I am actually, I had a few uh, dogs. I love cats. I think uh, dogs and cats who are the, you know, the most common house pets in our nation but are not the, they're the staple, if you will. But we, I have friends who have all sorts of pets. They have snakes, they have tarantulas, they mm-hmm. have uh, goats, pigs, uh, lizards, ferrets. I grew mm-hmm. up with friends that had pets of all stripes and varieties, amphibian, reptile, and mammal. Do you remember, I was, so you're five years older than me, so I'm trying to think, I was born... Nope, nope. I was about a year old when we moved to the farm in Scappoose, Oregon. Yep. Remember I that remember farm? well. Mm-hmm. Yes. In fact, uh, one of our photos, the photo on our website page, alikahopeandchange.com, is a photo of myself as a baby and Emil is probably, what, four or five years old playing on a rug in that farmhouse. Yeah, I was just, uh, I had just turned five years old. You um, hadn't even turned one, I think. Okay. Uh, you were right around that one year old. And there was this big giant rug that we used to hang out on all the time because we yep. loved being on the floor together. And so, yeah, it, Scapoose, for those who don't know Oregon, especially who don't know Scapoose, Oregon, Scapoose is a is a exurb. It's not even a suburb of Portland. It's exurb. It's about 40 <laughs> or 50 miles away. Um, and it's beautiful. Right now in 2020, it's very popular. It's uh, almost impossible to buy property out there because it is so beautiful and it's you know mm. relatively close to Portland. But years ago, uh, back in the '70s, um, when when our father moved out there, he was one of very few people. He had several acres, mm-hmm. uh, and and he had uh, goat goats, uh, chickens, chickens. Uh, you know, and he grew a few, you know, it was more like a, a kitchen garden than it was a, a commercial garden, mm-hmm. a commercial farm or anything. But what he had was space. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what allowed the goats and the chickens to roam and mm-hmm. just be themselves. And man, those, uh, we used to drink fresh goat milk. Goat milk every, yep, in the morning, fresh goat milk right fresh out of goat the goat. Milk. Right. You know, like uh, my mom and our dad would milk the goat and bring it and give it to us. Right it was dope. There. It was mm-hmm. dope. And mm-hmm. and so when we talk about pets, we're talking about all pets, farm animals pets. that are pets, uh, the, the the staples, dogs and cats, and then whatever else you bring into your home as a companion. That's right. And I just want to say as a note, because you mentioned the rug we were laying on, so I just pulled up the picture on the website. That rug I actually have in my house right now. That rug is in my basement 
um, I have that rug. So I was like, wow, that's the same rug I have now. Because you know, Emil, we're old. I mean, we're not that old, but you know. That rug has been around. So that rug's been around for a long time, man. That's really cool. That's really and, cool. It predates and, you. So yes. however old you are, it's older than that. Good enough for me. And there's been a lot of pets that have played on that rug. So in addition to goats and chickens on outdoor pets and friends that we've had, um, Emil, have you had anything else besides dogs? No, I personally have only had dogs. Uh, Dogs. I had uh, my last pet was when I was a teenager, believe it or not, because when I was in the military, I moved around so much. I didn't want to uh, keep moving a pet around with me. So uh, it was Paris was a little dog, black Mm. with white paws, just the cutest thing. And uh, my first dog was named Happy Two. Happy Two. Well, we're going to come back and I'm going to tell you about all of the multitude of pets I've had, unlike my brother, because I didn't have to move around for the military. And I'm a little bit of an animal addict, lover, not sure. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about it. Interlude music by Lawrence V. White. back and I am going to share with you how many pets I've had. I was trying to think, Emil. Uh, I've had a lot. I've had guinea pigs, dogs, cats, turtles, fish, gerbils, chickens, um, probably other ones. And I got to tell you a story though about my favorite pet experience. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Well, I can't, you know, when I mean, you say, had a menagerie, your- so I want to hear which of the, which of these, which of this mini zoo comes through as the one most memorable because I can remember my sister's very, um, I, th- I think the word is, uh, uh, hmm? I want to say joyful, but cacophonous would be better. Cacophonous, um, yes, great word. I think that's the right word, that you had a cacophonous menagerie um, and therein lied the joy, lies the joy, but sure, okay. tell me that one story you have. Well, you know what, as you were saying that, and I was just thinking like, when people say, what's your favorite, whatever, I don't think I can ever narrow it to one, but I'm going to tell you one that I woke up this morning, like, oh, this reminds me of why I like pets so much. So when I first, when I was in graduate school at Columbia, I had my own apartment. Yes. I had a full-time job while I was full-time graduate school. And then I did some stuff in bars on the weekend. That didn't sound right. Then I was also a shot girl in bars and stuff on the weekend to make money. (laughs) Um, I did a lot. I was like a Bud Light girl, a Jaeger, Jaegermeister girl. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And so I managed to have my own apartment in Manhattan and uh, I got a guinea pig. And when I went to the pet store, I got a guinea pig, brought it home. And I was so happy because I just, I just wanted a guinea pig. And when I went back to the pet store to get some materials, the guy at the pet store was like, you are really into animals. I was like, yeah. He's like, listen, we have this guinea pig that somebody returned because they couldn't handle it. And do you want it? We'll let you have it for free. And Aww. I rescued guinea pigs. So I brought him home and he wow. was so, yeah, he was so anxious. He was so anxious. And I pulled him out. I, I was playing so with remember him. that guy. Do you really? Oh so my funny. gosh. Yes. Yes. And then, but then it happened again. I went back and he's like, we have another one that someone couldn't handle. So I ended up having guinea pigs in my house because then I stopped. But, you know, I would let them run around. I like actually guinea proofed my house because you know how, or my apartment, you know how they yep. bite through everything. And so yep. I got this huge, like, um, 
what do you call it? Like a, a fence thing that you can unfold and put inside, almost like a baby playpen. Uh-huh. And I couldn't bear to leave them in a cage all day. So I let them run around and in the, you know, in the playpen area and they would crawl on me. And the one guy, he was so nervous that he was shaking a lot at first when I first got him. And I do remember him. Yeah. yeah that, yeah. you took me, that's the way back machine, but I'll tell you one of the yep. things about that, that dude because he would shake like he was cold, but he wasn't. No, he was nervous. Uh, he was just nervous. And mm-hmm. uh, it would take a minute before you could approach him because he mm-hmm. really would just freeze mm-hmm. and shake. I yeah. remember. I remember. And eventually I was able to loosen him up. It took a while, but I was yep. able to loosen him up. And and uh, he never stopped shaking, but he did move. Mm-hmm. He did. And he loved to be held. He would go, yeah, and, that, yeah. <laughs> and that's when I fell in love with guinea pigs. And, you know, so the, the joke was with my friends, like I'm the guinea pig rescuer, rescuer. And they're like, who rescues guinea pigs? I'm like, I do. And then I was a little, you know, I was a little into my pets. And I remember one of them had an emergency and I took them to the 24 hour Manhattan veterinary clinic. And um, I was bawling my eyes out. And I remember calling my mom and being like, listen, it's going to be like $700 to save the guinea pig. And do you know, sweet mother I have, she gave me her credit card number over the phone so I could pay for the surgery for my guinea pig. <laughs> Probably cost like $30 in the store. It's the principal, people. It's the principal. See, <laughs> see what what you are mentioning, what, what you're yes. saying is so powerful because pets become parts of families. And if you're not a pet owner or have never been, it doesn't register. Now, I'm no. all for pets being treated as pets. But I also see them as parts of the family. Happy too, and Paris. And Paris was killed tragically. He was run over by a car because he was a little wild. Mm. He was a little wild pup. Paris, and, yeah, um, okay. Good and name. He, he got himself out of the <laughs> out of the house, and he sprinted off. And and I wasn't even nearby. I was in another city when it happened, and I felt bad because I really liked Paris. He was a leaper. Mm. He would leap for anything. He would leap to look out of the window. He was a small dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but he could he could get off the ground. He would leap for food. So um, these pets, these memories, there we we look back fondly because the pets become part of the family. And when you treat a pet properly, it offers unconditional love. It offers unconditional acceptance. And really, almost any pet, if you treat them right, will will show you the respect and the love and and the and the affection. That comes yep. from that species of animal. Now, Correct. a snake will not act like a dog or a cat. <laughs> uh, a, a tarantula will not act like a, a snake. Right. So you don't expect certain types of affection from certain types of animals. But the Correct. way they offer it, it will be offered if you treat your pets well. Well, I remember reading an article mm, a few months ago about some uh, shelter. This is awful. I can't remember where it was. But some shelter in the Midwest where... They actually, every single dog in the shelter got adopted because people were at home and due to social distancing and everybody adopted a dog. And I was like, that is the most beautiful possibility um, because, you know, there's a lot of science around petting dogs and also cats. And that, for example, stroking a dog or a cat can actually lower your blood pressure and help you feel calmer and less stressed immediately. And I really wanted to bring this out for people that if they are stuck at home and they have the capacity um, and, you know, the, the energy and the uh, monetary availability to adopt a shelter dog or cat, I highly suggest it 
uh, because it really does lower blood pressure. And a lot of people right now are feeling the effects of not having that level of social interaction. Um, yes. And also, you know, people with pets are generally happier, more trusting and less lonely than those that don't have pets. And also they, people with pets, I thought this was really interesting. People with pets also tend to visit the doctor less often for minor problems like a cold or something small. And the researchers were talking about the fact that people with pets tend to be more connected and um, like on a deeper level. And so they don't, they're not as anxious about minor ailments and they tend to have a happier mood. Um, and so I wanted to throw that out there for our listeners. You know, uh, it, the Friends of Palm Beach County Animal Care and Control Shelter okay. is where you were reading, whom, about whom you read okay. the Thank milestone you. that they had emptied their kennel. Mm-hmm. And this goes to your point that people being more shut in, more isolated, felt a need to have more, some kind of companionship. So all these rescue dogs all over the country, represented by the kennel in uh, Palm Beach County in Florida, are being adopted. And these adoptions are helping many people manage the stress of this particular crisis, but also they're finding out that there are peripheral benefits that you mentioned that will allow them to keep those pets after the crisis. Exactly. And um, I know, you know, just a little side story for me. I'm sure sometime we'll do an episode on eating, but um, well, we always talk about food. But uh, I, at a young age, French became fries. a vegetarian. That's all I say. French fries, French fries. <laughs> I became a vegetarian. <laughs> and I remember I was, I was somewhere, something. That's great. I remember I was somewhere, something. But God spoke to me and told me to stop eating animals. And it wasn't, this is not me saying, oh, the Bible says or the Quran says you're not supposed to eat animals. I don't, that's not even what I'm talking about. I can only talk about me and myself and my experience. And I just stopped. And I have not, even when I was pregnant, I have not had a desire for, you know, eating meat. And now I have, I will say, for those of you that are strict on this definition, I have had some fish over the years. Besides that, I haven't had meat for about 30 years. And it became clear to me as I got older that it's because I have this like really deep connection to animals. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that as soon as we come back. Interlude music by Lawrence V. White. We're back for our final segment today. And I was just talking about how at a young age that it became known to me that I should stop eating animals. And it's interesting how much connection I've had to them. You know, even now uh, I have two shelter dogs and one of whom, when I adopted him, Several years ago, he had so much anxiety. They had found him abandoned on the side of the road in Arkansas and brought him up here up north. And the minute I picked him up, like we were at this dog adoption thing, the minute I picked him up, he just calmed down. I calmed down. I was like, wow, I feel so good. You know, I had just been divorced and I was feeling a little overwhelmed. And my kids really wanted a dog too. And he became a part of my family. And um, someone who hadn't seen him in a while recently saw him and said, wow, he's so full of you know, love now. And I said, well, that's the power of love. You know, um, he still has anxiety, of course, but it's like, 
we've given him unconditional love and he's given us unconditional love. Now, my other dog, she's just crazy. That's okay. And I got her, I adopted her. <laughs> I adopted her at like, I don't know, seven weeks, 11 weeks. I, I rescued her from a home that was um, hoarded and stuff. And, but she's just innately, she, she, she just, that's okay though. We love her too. Um, but, you know, Timmy. She's special. She's she, special. She is, she is a, she's special. She's special. When I come to hang out with the dogs, <laughs> One of them immediately finds peace and says, hey, I can hang out with you. The other one's like, why are you so cool? Why are you chilling? You right. get away from him and then she'll take his spot That's and right. wait for him to come back and then say, wait, what you doing? I'm here now. I'm like, I got love. I got two hands. I got love for both of you. She's like, oh, no. Oh, no. He's mine. I'm like, mm-hmm. I yes. see how this goes. Yes. Especially when guys come to my house. She is like, she just tries to prance or she's funny. She just loves guys. And so, and she just knows she's cute. Anyway, you see how I know the personality of my dog. So she's a Maltese. Let's see, she's a Maltese mix. And then my other one is a Chihuahua Pomeranian mix, they think. And um, their personalities are so different. But it's like every day, the joy that, you know, resonates around our house, even for my kids, just having them in the midst of all of this shutdown and closing in is just so wonderful. And you know, I want to I want to veer a little bit and say that if somebody out there is like, I can't handle a dog or you might you live somewhere where where there's rules. There also are so many other pets to consider um, fish, right? Like fish in a fish tank. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Gerbils, hamsters. Uh, we talked about, you know, snakes, reptiles. Yes. Um, and amphibians. Some people like frogs. Some people like turtles, tortoises. Um, uh, you know, of course. You know, there are some of the old staples, like you talked about, gerbils and hamsters uh, and, and guinea pigs. But then there are there are more exotic rodents that are also really cool pets, like ferrets. Ferrets mm-hmm. love people, um, they and they will climb and hang and wrap themselves around your neck and all sorts of beautiful things just to hang out with you. And they're also really good if you have any other problem rodents that are not pets in your house. Oh, snap. They, they will they will control your rodent problem because they are also very good hunters. So um, it, it really does have an effect, both practical and physical and psychological, when you have a pet in the home. The question is, do you want one? Because a pet is a true commitment. Yes. And I was just about to say, for those of us out there with kids, I could see this going both way. A lot of people have been contacting me because they're frustrated because they're not used to being home with their kids 24-7. And as some of you know, I've, I've homeschooled my kids, my ex-husband and I, since they were born. And so I'm kind of used to having my kids around. So people have asked me for advice. And I said, you know, if you think your child is capable and ready for the responsibility, a pet, like a, a pet that's easier to care for, like a gerbil, may be a good way to introduce your child to taking care of something outside of themselves and to getting them to have something different in the house when they've been stuck inside the house for a long time. And only, you know, the only the parents listening know, could my nine-year-old really take the responsibility of weekly changing the, you know, the cage cleaning and, and knowing that some, uh, you know, rodents are nocturnal and some, you know, some aren't. And so all that kind of information. But if you think your child would be a good candidate for a pet, it might be something that you could do to kind of change their life right now. It would be so lovely if... Pets that needed homes found them during this time. Yeah. And 
as we come out of the crisis, people saw the benefit and kept those pets. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we will always make a case for adopting first because yes. pets need homes. And yes. what's interesting is the variety of pets that we've talked about are often at the shelter too. Yes. So most people assume that dogs and cats are at the shelter exclusively, but shelters have dogs, cats, horses, pigs. Uh, they have lizards and reptiles and all sorts of uh, animals that, that people have dropped off because they cannot care for them. Sometimes out of the, the recognition that their ability to take care of a pet may be limited and other times because they have lost their novelty, sadly. But mm -hmm. in either case, the first place we should go is to the is to the shelter and at least make a few phone calls to see what's available. And what you may find is what you're looking for is yep. ready for adoption. The other thing is I'm living proof here that you can find small animals to adopt, right? I adopted two guinea pigs. And another possibility is um, calling a local vet and just seeing is anyone, you know, asked to rehome a gerbil or a guinea pig or uh, a rat, for example. Rats are really smart, by the way. And um, the other possibility is your local pet store, because sometimes people will give up a pet or ask for help and you can adopt I am 100% behind adopting because there's always animals that need homes and there are people who have the love and the capacity to care for them. Um, this has been a really fun episode because as you all can tell by now, I love pets, but I'm going to ask a question to my brother. Is there any pet that you would be afraid to have? Uh yeah, so yeah. I fear, <laughs> I literally fear nothing in that context. Okay. But what would make me uncomfortable yes. is a snake. And I'm not talking a, a garter snake. <laughs> I'm talking about one of these big old pythons. And yeah. um, I know if I feed them well and properly, there should be no problem. <laughs> I'm just concerned that after one of my travels, my eight foot python may ask a hard question that I can't answer. And I don't want to be put in the position where an eight foot python would ask a question that I can't answer in the affirmative, which is where's my dinner. And I'm like, hold on. I will find you that very tasty morsel soon. Please don't look at me with those eyes. <laughs> that was a great illustrative example um why emil does not want a python uh i can admit that i have a fear uh i actually i mean i agree with emil we were very much raised by our dad to not have you know not be afraid not be in fear uh except for that i have always had trouble with spiders and i worked on it i've tried to like you know desensitize myself to spiders by exposing myself to them and such but i'm going to admit it here on the air i am not interested in having a pet tarantula god bless all you people that are arachnid lovers that's beautiful but not me i will not have a pet tarantula you, that's all i had to say the but the tarantula <laughs> it has mm -hmm. eight legs uh-huh and, and, I'm getting nervous it, just listening to you. And it moves slowly. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. I feel it crawling on me right now. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell a couple jokes because I need to get this discomfort out of me. Okay. Are you ready, Emil? <laughs> I am always ready. All right. Always. This is, I think I found my favorite joke of the last few episodes. I was laughing so hard. Here we go. <clears throat> 
How did Noah see the animals in the ark at night? Um, electric, uh, incandescent, fluorescent, uh, LED. No. Noah saw the animals in the ark at night with flood lighting. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, <laughs> you are. You, you slay me, sis. Like, seriously, you slay me. Seriously, wait, wait, wait. that was. <laughs> That was so dad of you. How do spiders communicate? Ooh, 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 wait. Uh, hmm. Silk? Um, uh, yeah, okay. Spiders communicate through the World Wide Web. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of the World Wide Web, you can find us at alikahopeandchange.com. And that ends today's episode. I'm Alika Hope. I am her brother, stunned into silence by the dadness of the jokes I just heard. Emil, also known as Change. Have a great day. The Hope and Change podcast is brought to you by Alika Hope and Emil Bryant. Our engineer is Jamie Brennan McDonald. Our show is also brought to you by Evolution Pilates, featuring the Total Bar Workout. For more information, including new client pricing and programs, visit www.evolutionpilates.com. You can also visit the Alika Hope and Change podcast at www.alikahopeandchange.com. To contact us, email alikahope at gmail.com. You can find this show on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.